And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, yes, we are back, and we had a night full of fights. We had the UFC coming to us from Las Vegas with the Apex Center, and then the big boxing match also in Vegas. Triple G taking on Canelo. It was about the way I thought. My man Josh Thompson was interested in all of it. He was there watching everything. Well, he wasn't there. He was just watching. So, <laughs> what's up, my man? Uh, I was actually going to fly out to watch the ADCCs because they're in Vegas this week. Yeah, they are. Everything. I is. was going to head out yesterday, but then I was like, you know, maybe I'll fly out on Sunday and figure it all out. But regardless, I didn't end up going because it's just too much. When I don't have to travel, I don't want to travel. So. I like road trips, John. I'm a road trip guy. By the way, road trips. I heard you did a, a nice little trip to Ohio, right? To pick up Ooh. something. And yeah, at four in the morning, I decided to drive to Ohio with the trailer that had flat tires and bald and everything else. Oh, did you pick man. up man? Did you find a different trailer? Yeah, well, kind of, but I still had to. T- I took the had to take the spare off of it and put the spare on. With it. They're, they're giving you freaking trailers with fucking no. Th- no tread or even the cores are starting to show through it's like and you expect me to drive like you know 800 and some miles with this oh yeah no, they, sure. they expect you to replace the tires that's what they expect you to do jesus christ it's, <laughs> it's a rental that's you know, what it's they a damn rental to do, buddy they want Man. you to leave drive that thing get a flat and be stuck having to repair it that's what they yeah. want it's brilliant on their part it, it is tough man we you take off in the morning it's dark driving it's dark forever it seems like finally the sun comes up it's like yeah feeling good finally get there spend a couple of hours you know doing all the business stuff learning stuff come back trying to make it back before it's dark now no <laughs> a lot of no. time on the road though. a lot of time oh. on the road but ohio in, in that area beautiful is it really yeah a lot of farmland it's really nice i like farms That's i wonder I what of. do i say that that's all I think of when I think of Ohio. It's just cornfields <laughs> and rice paddies. I don't even know. Soybeans. Soybeans or whatever. Man. Who knows? Um, look, <laughs> John, the, the fights were okay. Just okay. The tri- from, from the Canelo and Triple G Somewhere. fight to the UFC fights, it just seemed like a very lackluster day of fights. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, man. Corey Sandhagen looked like a fucking animal. Okay. Sandhagen looked say, like a fucking animal. And Corey, um, Sa- Corey Sandhagen freaking yeah. showed how smart he is as a fighter. I have a, I have a question, though. Did, did he start to adopt, or did I just not ever really notice? Did he start to adopt a little bit of that Dom Cruz slash TJ Dillashaw, the way he they fight TJ Dillashaw? Yeah, he... Aren't they kind of the same? Yeah, no, 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 no. No one does things like Dom. Dom's got his own crazy. Yeah, I, I TJ get is that. is more. You know, it's it's a it's a back and forth switching from orthodox mm-hmm. to southpaw. Mm-hmm. But there there's a ri- there's a rhythm to it. Dom's got no rhythm, and I, I'm not saying that That's in a bad true. way. It's his is his is you know completely awkward, and he'll do his bounce back, and then you know. Sh- there's a rhythm to the way TJ kind of does it, and Corey's kind of got that same rhythm. There's a ri- well, there's there's a Dom rhythm to the way that Dom oh, does it. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but he's the only one that's got that rhythm. Yeah, he yeah. dances to his own. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. When you create a style the way in which he created it. But I mean, yeah. I looked at Corey Sandhagen last night. I, he reminded me a lot of what TJ was doing. And the way he was kind of crouching down a little bit, kind of moving his body side to side. When he came off the wall, he'd switch his stance, hit with the yep. jab. He was being very creative. I don't, I didn't think that he had switched that much before. Am I wrong or am I, did I just not? I knew he switched stances, but I didn't think that he was very, he was switching a lot last night. He was changing up a lot of what I felt like he had done. He didn't throw as many head kicks as I thought he would have thrown given that. Um, song was a lot shorter. Um, but he did a great job. The step and elbows were key. Touch it. And, and look, when people are, when, when you're watching fighters throw elbows, you see people load up and really lunge in with them. There's no reason to. It doesn't take much when it's bone on that, that little eyebrow area. Bone on bone. You know, bone on the, 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 the bridge of the nose, whatever it is. Just beautifully done. Sanhagen fought a very, very smart fight. When you want to talk about Fight IQ, last night he showed a lot of it. Now, look, I know I've gotten a little bit of heat lately about Fight IQ comments, but Corey Sanhagen yesterday showed absolute high, high-level Fight IQ. Just very patient. I had him losing the first round, but then after okay. that, he just took over. Took off, yep. Uh, yeah, once the cut happened and once things started, and, and it's very hard. John, once that cut happened and blood started getting into Song's eyes, and then he just started getting hit with more shots, the vision started to go away a little bit because it was blurry probably from the blood. And then on top of it, you've got your eyelid that's kind of just flopping around in yep. front of you. Fighter, not fighters, but fans and people at home, you guys should understand, it's not, like even when it's when it's done bleeding, Okay, or even when the, the cut man's done a great job fixing it, it's never done bleeding. I get it. Well, it's, and, and it's never fixed. <laughs> yeah, once, once, yeah, once it's wide open, you can the fighter can feel that yeah, flap of skin, and also they can see it sometimes in that position of which his eye uh, was, which that cut he definitely was, can see it. Yeah, it he, was he sees hanging. The thing coming down. Yeah, yeah, you can see it hanging over in front, so it really starts to affect you, and you really starts playing in your mind like shit. How much? Worse, can I let this thing get? That's one. How long until they stop it? Two. Um, then you start, there's a little bit of vein being, you know, a little vein in there. It's like, fuck, what's it going to look like when they fix it? Like, how bad is it going to be? You know, like, there's a lot of things that go through the fighter's mind. Will I have permanent eye damage? That's the number one thing. Like, you'll hear, you'll, and I know doctors are very, very good on stopping things in terms of cuts, taking, not letting it go too far. But last night, in that, right before that fifth round, I was like, if you let this thing go on, this is going to be, this is dangerously close to having like a droopy eye where his yeah. top eyelid started to hang down because this started to get into his, look like it started to get into the, his eyelid. And that's exactly the reason. And, and look, at I'm nothing against the commentary and stuff. They were, they were talking more about blood and it's not yeah. the blood. It's no. the direction of the cut. Mm -hmm. And I thought the doctor did a really good job of allowing that thing to go. And what he's telling Herb is, look, if this thing starts to really change, and what he's talking about is it, it'll get what we call legs on it. The the cut will spread, and it'll spread in a different direction, and it'll all, all of us start to become same as what you talk about. You know what you have up on top of your head; those yep. nice star yep. patterns looking like a Mercedes Benz. You a know, la Tony Ferguson. A la Tony Ferguson. But those, <laughs> when you have those type of cuts that start to spread in different directions, yeah. it's not only the one big one. Then you have these little legs that come off of it. That causes the doctors to have problems in stopping them. 
The other part is it's not a straight across the eyebrow cut. It's going through the eyebrow, which is crossing multiple muscular structures, which again makes it harder. And if you let it go too long and you don't sew it right, you'll get, you'll actually affect the person's eye and that droop can happen if you don't, you know, take care of it the right way. So there's a lot of things going on. And I thought the doctor did a good job. I thought everyone, you know, did a good job in trying to let that thing go as far as they could. It's just, you know, hey, it's part of fighting. It was a legal blow. That is what, you know, part of fighting is that, you know, if you can hurt someone to that point where they medically, you know, are in a position where they've been compromised, then doctor says can't let it go anymore. You get the TKO win and, and Corey Sanhagen deserved it. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag brings you some of the best betting odds across the world. Look, we had some great fights to bet on last night. You had Corey Sanhagen over Song Yadong. And, of course, the Triple G and Canelo Alvarez fight. Hopefully, you guys put your money down on the right places at the right time at MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code WAYNEN. Yeah, he just he look he looks great after that first round. I think once he, I think he wanted to feel the power of Song Yudong. He wanted to see. I think he did. He felt. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. I think nobody wants to feel the power, but they want to. They want to kind of get. Yeah, that you want to see if you can. Yeah, well, let's see how much pop you have. Yeah, see how much you, pop you have. See how fast you are at getting it there. I think that look. I think Song Yudong is. He's got a bright future. He's still young. Uh, what is he? Twenty three, twenty four years old. Uh, he seems he seems very dedicated to the sport. He seems very dedicated uh, to his focus on becoming champion. Twenty four, twenty four years old. I hate him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Excuse me. No, excuse See, me. Um, at twenty four, you wouldn't be yawning. No, no, I definitely. Yeah. I'd probably still be out at the club, though. By the way, <laughs> you you double you double that age. Like you're you're just about at. See, you start uh, yawning. He um. <laughs> What I want to see him do just a little bit is stop throwing such wide shots and start throwing a little bit more straight down the sh down the pipe. He and was throwing. He, he doesn't have to throw so hard. I think that's just how he throws, John. I know. I, I, I know. Do it's, I do think it's just how he throws, but yeah. all he he has enough pop. You look at 135 pounds. Not everyone can just yeah. one shot knock you out. It's a volume attack. He can one shot knock you out. And when you have that kind of power, you don't have to try to throw it hard for it to be hard. You just have to throw it. And like you're saying, just touch him. Keep on touching him. And eventually, you're going to be throwing one that touches the right spot. And it's got the you know enough power on it. Just the way yeah. you naturally throw, it's going to yeah. put the person out. Yeah, we used to, I used to say that to Gray Maynard when he was training with us at AKA. I was like, man. You don't need to load up. You don't need to chase after me. I'm gonna come to you when you when I come to you. Just let it go and relax and throw it. Cause yeah. man, he was probably the hardest hitter that I ever sparred with or worked with. That guy could fucking he could crack. I was like, <laughs> ugh, I hated fucking sparring him. He could cause I could. I don't think in my whole career I'm gonna. I actually I'm, I'm pretty positive. I never got a fucking takedown on that motherfucker. He was so <laughs> damn good. He's shorter, you know, a little bit, but just super strong and big crack. And, ugh, it was horrible to spar with that guy. Uh, but so with Song, he just start throwing a little bit more straighter punches. Don't load up as much. Let the hands go smoothly because, like you said, it's the ones where you're real relaxed, where it comes out very smooth and you don't yep. feel it land. Those are the ones that put people away. 
Yep. Those are the ones that knock you out. Now, Corey did a great job of switching stances, mixing it up, changing the push kick up the middle. Changing the levels. Nice jab. He switched the jab when he was switching stances. He was utilizing both sides of the jab, not just one. Um, changing levels. He really got Song going in that first round, defending the takedown. I mean, Song looked fantastic on the takedown defense. Just yeah, spectacular. But I, I, you know, and, I, and I, as, as Corey was shooting in for those takedowns right away, I was like, I think he's trying to just, you know what? Let me get his arms tired. I know the guy hits hard. Let me put some blood in there. Let me, let me make these things a little bit heavy real quick. See if I can start to tire him down. And, and he even said it at the end, at the end in his interview. He goes, look, you know, it wasn't so much about taking him down. The takedown attempts weren't so much about taking him down. And that's what, that's what he means. It's about putting it in, putting it in his mind. Hey, I will work towards taking you down. So now I have to at least think about it and, and, yeah compensate for it and the fact that i can get those arms underneath having to hold my weight i can get some blood in there and slow them down a little bit yeah he threatened him quite a bit in that first round then he got away from him a little bit in the second he kind of, i think he shot one or two in the second then he just continued to shoot you know just kept reminding him every round yep. that they were there but this is this was this goes with fight iq and like you were saying is that he doesn't need to get the takedowns the majority of people that when you guys shoot your takedowns Young fighters, you guys don't need to get them. Just put work it back up to the body lock, work it back up to the clinch, press to the fence, or you know, circle off. Let the let the combination goes. Make them work until they're in a until they are until you are not in an advantage position anymore. If you're not in that in that position of the double unders or a good clean press against the fence, if you feel like you're starting to lose a position, then go ahead and make your space and you know, circle out and let the hands go a little bit. I thought I thought it was a fantastic performance by both. To be honest, Song, I know the cut really, really distracted him as the fight went on, and it started getting bigger. The blood started pulling up, and all of those things have a major effect on you mentally. He wasn't throwing as much. He wasn't coming forward as much. Uh, it really changed the, the dynamic of the fight. But Corey, got to tip your hat, man. You did a great job, great performance. And um, what you're gonna find is though, that's the way that guys like. Corey, who are tall, long, lanky, not a whole lot of muscle. You know, he's not fit. He's, he's even said himself, I'm not physically strong. He doesn't have like that one punch knockout no. power, but he can chain things together. He's a problem, man. He's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Now, he was easy to take down. Like Song took him down on the clip, caught the kick, and then took him down. And he's comfortable fighting off of his back. He's going to have a hard time with like people like Aljo, who he's already fought, but he's going to have a hard time with people like him. People that are good on that top position and wrestle really well. I think, you know, the fight with him and TJ, he fought a great fight, but he's going to continue to have problems with guys that can, that their main focus is takedowns and wrestling and that top dominant position in jiu jitsu. Those are the kind of guys he'll continue to have problems with. on the feet. I don't even, it's going to be tough for most fighters to fight him on the feet. He's, he's nasty good. He's yeah. Nasty he, good. He's outstanding. And I, I even think that, you know, his, uh, I think his wrestling defense is actually really good because you're talking about, you know, Song is, he's a good wrestler. Yeah. And he had his times when he tried to kind of, kind of went away from the, the ground attack a little bit, went away from trying to get the takedowns and stuff. But, you know, you're right. Aljo can be a problem because he's always going to be looking for it. That's where, you know, that's his bread and butter is the ground. And so Corey's going to have to work at, okay, how do I stop his style of takedown and what he does? But, Overall, if you're coming out of Corey Sanhagen's, you know, camp, you're going, dude, A plus. Yeah. 
A-plus performance. Just outstanding. And like you said, you know, Yudong Song, you can't take anything away. Yes, I think the cut eventually with the blood and everything started to get to him. But a, a, a really good performance and really, in my opinion, didn't lose any ground at all. He, he showed how good he is, showed exactly, you know, why he belongs up in that top. And again, we talk about the Bantamweights. Damn, the Bantamweights are just a just yeah. a pack of killers. We're talking some of the, you know, what we consider the best weight class right now in MMA overall. And just unbelievable, you know, how good yeah. all of these guys are. Yeah, so look, the the fight to make right now, and there's no secret. I said this a couple weeks back. I said if Corey San after Chito had won, I said if Corey Sanhagen gets past, I said that's the fight to make. I'd like to see the the Chito and uh, Chito and Sanhagen fight. I'd love to see that fight. That's well, the if fight you, to make. See, but if you want to if you want to test Corey and say okay, like you're saying, you know, I I think your wrestling is going to be your downfall when it comes to Aljo. Well, then go against his teammate. Go against Marab. Marab, that's that true. is a troublemaker when it comes to the takedown. So yeah, every you know, it just depends on what you want. That's true. This is very true. I mean, either way, Marab's going to be a tough fight for him. Um, for anybody, yeah. You know, but I mean, like, the, if I, I'm being very selfish when I say I want to see the the Corey Sanhagen Chito Vera, you know, I don't blame you. But then again, I want to see Marab fight somebody you know, um, a little bit tougher. I want to see him fight a Chito, or I want to see him fight a Corey Sanhagen. I think the fight with him and Aldo was a good fight. I think, um, you know, but he, he was just the, the speed, the the wrestling, the threat of the wrestling, all those things really stunted what Jose Aldo was going to do. Jose was comfortable just stuffing the takedowns and not letting anything else go. And I don't think you're going to get that from Chito Vera. You're not going to get that from Corey Sanhagen. They're going to be active. They're going to be pushing. They're going to be trying to, you know, and that some of that might be with age. Who knows? Even though, even though Aldo's not an old person. You know, um, he's been in the game a long time, and you start just, uh, you know, you don't know if you want to do it anymore. Uh, but overall, good fight. Uh, the fight to make, like I said, to me is the uh, the Sanhagen and uh, Chito fight, and I think the winner of that fights the the winner of TJ Dillashaw and uh, and Aljamain Sterling. I mean, what about Peter Yawn and Marab? Well, Peter Yawn's got to get through Sean O'Malley first. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. <clears throat> It's a matter of I think that the I think Marab against Peter Yan is a great fight. Yeah, it'll it'll say a lot about what's going on in that. But there's a lot of you know there's still great fights. I would love to see. I know they're both coming off losses, and that's why I would like to see it. I'd like to see Dominic Cruz and, and Aldo. I think that's a great fight. That's the fight that should happen. You know, with the you know ex featherweight against the ex bantamweight champion and stuff. Hmm. I don't know if it's gonna put anyone up in any situation off of it but it's fine i'd like to see yeah yeah i'm still looking for the the frankie edgar dominic cruz fight I'm yeah still looking for that, that one's fight. good too that's a good fight for me. all right well the co-main event was chitty chitty bang bang and gregory chitty, chitty. rodriguez yeah. john john did I, dave will you pull up this cut please <laughs> can you pull up this cut yeah i'm gonna um send it jesus He's gonna try. He's gonna oh try. my! It's a beautiful goodness. thing. Oh my goodness! Now I have a question, John. There's that yeah. vein that you, you go, see baby. that went that is right the, between that's his the troublemaker. Well, growing up as a kid, cereal was one of the best things going, but it was not the healthiest thing. But that has all changed now because Magic Spoon is here, and I swear to you, it is fantastic. 
The flavors are outstanding. I eat it all the time. I order it all the time. Magic Spoon is the way to go because we're talking about having a cereal that is not full of sugars. It's protein. It has none of the grains or anything that you want. It is keto-friendly. And, Josh, I know that you have been using it with your kids, and they love it. They absolutely love it. They love the frosted one, like kind of like your hair. has a little frosty <laughs> tips in the is. beard and everywhere else. A lot else. of frost. Look, they come with a variety pack. Four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. John, you also saw the s'mores, right? You what do you mean s'mores? saw? I you, still eat. Oh, it's wrong side. Devours them. I devours them. The s'mores Just, are fantastic. These packs have zero gram of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs, only 140 calories, a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Look, guys, go to magicspoon.com slash Wayne in. Use our promo code Wayne in. You guys, this stuff is fantastic. The kids will chew it up, eat it up. You can eat it dry. You can have it with milk. You can have it with oat milk. You can have it with soy milk. You can have it with whatever you want. Almond milk. You can have whatever you want with it. It is a healthy choice for your kids. You as well. If you guys are interested in eating Magic Spoon in the morning, go to magicspoon.com slash Wayne in. And we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Notice how that did not split. And if it did, Gregor, Gregory Rodriguez would not have won the fight because what would have been happening is the blood with every pump of the heart would have been spitting out. And with that spit out, because that's an arterial vein, and that would have caused him some problems in that it would have been a lot more blood than what we had. And you had, you had a lot of blood. And it would have caused a lot more problems. And so he was very lucky that that vein stayed intact. You can see it in the cut. You know, this is what you see all the time when you're, you know, in the, in the cage and stuff and you see these things. And now that, that's cleared out a little bit, but you'll see, you know, as you're looking at things saying, how bad is that? I thought again, the doctor did a great job. There you go. Look at that beautiful thing. But now notice the one, see that leg going up. Yeah. It's not so much that that flat across the brow it's when now you start to get those two different flaps based oh. upon that cut starting to go up look at the one off to the side you know as, as you go up and you see that split again with two legs that's where you know doctors are going i can't let this go that's where fights are stopped when you get those legs running in different directions it'd be the, the skin gets to the point where it can be caught by a punch, an elbow, or anything, and just tear. And that's what they get concerned with. John, if I was the doctor and I opened up his forehead and saw that vein, you throw there up right like inside that, it. I would have just been like, <laughs> buddy, you're fucking done. I would have stopped that fucking fight so fast. Yeah. Because now, like, I wonder what kind of damage that causes. Once that thing breaks, I mean, how do they mend that thing back together? Well, that's going to be one where I'm not going to say exactly how many stitches it's going to take, but there will be internal stitches, meaning there's stitches inside that they're going to do oh. to close it up from the inside. And then you'll have the stitches on the outside also. So I'm going to tell you that's that cut probably is going to be somewhere in the area of eh, 30, 35 to 40 stitches overall. You think so? It's a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's especially in uh, in Vegas, they usually go to Doctor Who for uh -huh. uh, 
he's a plastic surgeon and he does unbelievable work with guys and he's he's so good at what he does and knowing how to close that the right way so it doesn't cause him a problem with a lot of scar tissue in in the later on in his career so we'll see what happens but he's going to be out for a while with that cut (laughs) do you know how they fix the what about that vein if that vein would have busted how do they fix the vein it's the same way they stitch it stitch it they either really? stitch it or or it closes on its own after after being compressed for a while. Ugh. Yep. It just that that looked like a fucking rope in there that just was dangling. <laughs> it's like a it's like it's, an earthworm. It was like a cable. It looked exactly. You were very <laughs> fucking true. It looked like an earthworm. Like yeah, you're you just dig, you earthworm you're digging a hole, there. and all you saw was like just yeah. a little section of the earthworm. Yeah, the only difference is that one doesn't wiggle. Oh man. <laughs> There was parts of me threw up in my mouth. Now let's talk about the fight. You know what? It's funny. I swear to God, because this is you know when you're when you're a referee, you see all these and you see some bad ones. And I've talked to you about you know some of the ones. You know, I had that one. It was like the twenty second fight where it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. You know, three cuts, three three blows, three cuts, one above, one below, and one crossing right across them, and shit's hanging everywhere. And you look and you go. That is fantastic, <laughs> and you get you, you you get so used to looking at them, you don't get you don't get grossed out by them. It's just like wow, look at that one. That one's great. Wow, That's, yeah, see, it's a little weird. I don't, I don't get I don't get like Kane Musa had a bad one. Uh, Marvin Eastman had that bad one. I don't get yep. see, I don't get grossed out by things like that. Yeah, okay, the no. one that uh, Song Yudong had it doesn't bother me. Like those don't bother me. It's when I saw the vein though. <laughs> And you I was saw like, something inside. It's like, oh, that's it. I was like, that's fucking disgusting. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, and you, you'll get the ones that'll say, oh, you can see the skull. You can't actually see no. the skull, but you'll see the there's a what do they call it? It's it's a fibrous, you know, white thing that it yeah. does. It looks like the skull, and it's like, no, it's not the skull, but it's close. <laughs> oh, but I have seen ones that you see the skull. That oh, big. like I. I've seen like when uh, I've split like uh, like you know when you get a cut real deep and you feel, it looks like you can see part of the bone because it's not yeah. even bleeding. It's it's yep. cut so deep it's not even bleeding. It's just white. Yep, I've seen that. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, ugh, ugh. Anyways, look, but this fight was he earned his lane. He earned his name last night, RoboCop. Boy, he did. He took some big big shots. How think about it, Josh? That knee hit him right. Obviously, it hit him right between the eyes. Right between the eyes, as you could hear it, and he took it. Yeah, I was like, "God damn, man, that was impressive." You know, it's yeah. not. It was impressive as far as the knee thrown by Chidi, and you talk about Rodriguez being able to take that shot and not go down, not go out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. He, I, I, Chidi did some things though in that exchange. After he rocked him, he smothered himself a little bit, got yes, a little he overzealous. Did. He kind of kept himself from really landing the clean shots. Uh, Gregory did a great job of closing the distance, getting to the clinch, able to, you know, slow keep him compressed, slow the, slow the fight, uh, slow the pace of the fight down. I thought he did a great job of just containing what Chidi was good at. Chidi's good in the distance. He's fast. You could tell the speed was a factor right off the bat that Chitty was the faster fighter. He was craftier too on the feet. But when someone is, they can take a shot like, like, uh, Rodriguez, he can not only take a shot, but he can deliver them. 
Yep. You saw the look on Chitty's face when he got actually hit clean for the first time. He's like, oh, shit. This guy's hurt, and he's still fucking able to hit me like this. This is not good. And so I think he realized, like, man, this is not where I want to be. I don't want to be up in this clinch. But he kept putting himself back in that clinch. And I was like, get out of there. Keep your distance. Stay the range. I was yelling at the TV because, you know, we've known Chitty for a long time, um, you know, and his brother as well. Uh, yep, Anthony. Anthony and, um, you know, both both very talented fighters, both very good, in, you know, on the feet, very good opening up their games in terms of takedown defense as well as, you know, getting out of those out of those situations. He was he got taken down a couple times last night. He got taken down that one time, was able to pop right back up to his feet from the wizard. Fantastic yep. job. He did some really good things. But as he got tired, you saw him start to wilt a little bit, like, oh man, this is way more wrestling than I wanted to do. Yeah, well and we've seen it we've seen it in the past with him and it Chidi is a fast twitch muscle fiber athlete. Yeah. That's why he's got speed and you know, and he's got snap on his on his shots and everything. But we've seen that he does get tired quick, especially when you get into grappling exchanges. And it's what happened in this one. He got tired. It it wasn't so much that he got hurt. He got he got hit, but he got tired. And the, you, when he ended up underneath, you know, Gregory Rodriguez on the ground, it wasn't that he was getting hurt. He was just exhausted. You know, and so he's laying there, you know, covering up because he's tired. And he can't do anything else. He's exhausted. His arms are are full of you know blood. They feel like they're you know five hundred pounds each as he's trying to move them. It's just what happens. This is the fighter that we've seen, you know, in the past with Chidi. He's super explosive. He gets those quick knockouts. He has, you know, these dynamic fights. And they don't have ones like this where, man, you know, he looks great. He's he hurts his opponent, but they hang in there and they're able to just keep wearing on him. And that that, you know, as far as wearing on him, it just gasses him to the point where he's not effective being offensive and he starts just you know, trying to defend, and then it's you're yeah. not fighting. Overall, though, I mean, I thought it was a good performance by both fighters. I know, oh, that, yeah, uh, Rodriguez came out on top. I don't think Chitty lost any, um, like I don't think he lost any ground in his in this fight. He showed a lot of heart. He did a lot of good things. Um, you know, he just got exhausted. Man, they were fighting at a pace in that first round. It was just man, like, oh Jesus, you know, you like when once you stop. Is when you realize how tired you are. Frank Shamrock yeah. used to say that all, to me all the time. Yeah, stop. it's at the end once, of the round. Once you stop moving, he's like, sometimes he's like, when the when the round stops, he's like, that's when you find out you how fucking exhausted you are. He's like, I hate. You. That's why he always he always wanted to fight oh, the first fight, the first round, ten rounds or ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah. He loved the ten minute round. He's like, yeah. he's like, three quarters of the fight is over. He's like, I only got one more five minute round left. He's like, Fuck, yeah. I'm good. Frank Frank was one of those guys when we were talking about making you know different changes in the ufc at the time with rounds and stuff he goes you know i want 10 i want a 10 minute round you know it's like yeah can't do it can't do the 10 and the five doesn't make sense you know we're gonna do five no it's bullshit right yeah it's like well not everyone's you he he was that guy he he was somebody that he wanted to push everybody to the point of breaking yep. he didn't care he just he, he knew that he wasn't the most technical he definitely wasn't the best stand-up guy. He definitely wasn't the best wrestler. He had no fucking wrestling at all. And submission-wise, he was good, but he wasn't great. He was good. But he just was the guy that just would talk into your ear. He would touch you. He would make fun of you. He would he would have a conversation with you. He talked the entire fight. 
Yes. The and, entire and, fight. And every person that I have ever fought that talked to me, except for Nate, just drove me nuts. Because <laughs> at the time, I didn't realize they would talk to me. So it just threw me off. And I've said this, I don't know how many times. And when I would train with Frank, Frank, the same thing. Come on. Oh, Josh, don't do that. Oh, Josh, don't do this. Josh, you're putting yourself in a bad position. Oh, like even when he was getting fucking submitted, I had him deep in triangles. And he was about to go to, he'd go to sleep every single time. It didn't matter. He'd go, he'd pass out. He'd, he'd get, he'd go to sleep. Yeah. And he didn't care. He'd be talking shit to you. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't even understand what he was saying. He was mumbling. He was tight. not tight. He was mumbling into your crotch. <laughs> fucking, it, it felt like you were getting, getting a hummer down there. <laughs> Give you a little vibration. All the vibrations and the mumbling, man. But I mean, he's, he was he was a dog man. He was a different animal. People, I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. No, he doesn't. Um, you know, when it comes to the fight game, like he was just a different animal and just way ahead of his time when it came to the conditioning, the cardio. He was, I think, I felt like he was the first fighter that really took fighting serious with the conditioning. I know these other fighters, they did. I get it. But like he took it to the next level of, oh, I need to be on the track running sprints. Oh, I need to be on the machine every night doing more sprints. Yeah. I got to be doing my long distance run. I got to be training twice a day, one on the mitts, one in the afternoon with the fighters. Like he, he took it to a whole other level. I mean, like I know that there was lots of fighters before him that were extremely talented. He just somebody that had a really good focus between Marie Smith, Javier Mendez and himself and other coaches that came in and came and went. Yep. He really found, he really found. The weakness of MMA at the time, which was conditioning and cardio. Yeah, absolutely. That was he he realized that you could weaponize your 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 cardiovascular system. You could make it to where you may not be the biggest, you may not be the strongest, you may not be the better fighter, but if you could push your opponent to a pace that they could not maintain, you could make it an easy fight and push them over the edge. He did it all the time, you know. He, yeah, and he had some. He had some incredible fights. If you go back, Ensign Inoue, go back yeah. to that fight that he had in Japan with Ensign Inoue. It was phenomenal. Yeah, you know. And I think I think where Frank really started to change as a fighter, he fought John Lober the first time, fought him in Hawaii. Yeah, and he did get tired because he wasn't that guy at the time. He was lazy, just being honest. He would go and fight. He wouldn't train. You know, and he would go and he would win because he was athletic and he was, you know, able to, you know, come up with a submission. And then John Lober, that fight, you know, got his tooth knocked out. You know, he got beat up, you know, and he got beat up by a guy that made him tired and got on top of him and he couldn't get rid of him. And it changed him as a fighter. And, you know, he came back, he fought John Lober again. And you want to talk about talking to somebody. Yeah. During a fight, I can tell you that he was saying stuff to John Lover that I was like, "Oh, that's just dead wrong, man." Anyway, and he he was he was just he was he was also saying stuff like, "Go ahead and tap, because I'm just gonna beat on you. I will not submit you. I'm gonna beat on you until you give in, and everyone sees you give in." Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, that's just wrong." <laughs> the classic video is of him and Boss Rudin. I believe that was his very first fight ever was against Boss Rudin. How fun It was his was first that? fight ever, but the one you're talking about was a rematch. Oh, it was the rematch? Yeah, yeah, that was a Where rematch. But his very first fight ever was Boss Rudin in Japan. 
That's got to suck. He beat Boss, correct? Yes, he did. In his very first fight. And then he lost right. the second one where he was getting hit. He just kept smiling at him when they were in yeah. leg lock positions and yeah. taking the, the the open palm to the face. Yeah. Jeez, man. Just, I mean, like, like I said, he was, he was cut from a different cloth. I mean, some of the stories I have about him in the AK gym, man. I remember some kid had tried stealing a T-shirt, you know, out of the back thing. That was he had, we had a back storage room, and the kid was back there asking about T-shirts. And Frank had turned his back to go look. Okay, I'm gonna try to find you that that medium. Da da da. And the kid tried to snake a T-shirt and put it in his pants. Frank saw it and fucking just beat the shit out of him. Like he just rolled him up on the ground, rolled him on the back, and then booted him out. So don't ever come back. I was like, oh shit, man. <laughs> Kept you, you know, from stealing a T-shirt. Oh yeah, I, I I came I came to AKA almost like it was like slightly before his John Lober his second John Lober fight, okay. and uh, yeah, and it was it was one of those he was laser focused on getting that win, just the training, the preparation, the guys he was he would come in look like he was dog dead tired like to to work out and train in the evenings. He was just a different level, man. I mean, I remember. There was one time he had we were training and he had eaten a, a egg a tuna egg salad or something like that sandwich in the before he came. He was grappling, exhausted, rolled over, threw up on the mat, <laughs> scooted scooted over a little bit, and then just kept rolling. He's like, all right, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, whoever you know, and he had who, the guy he was training with at the time rolling up. He's like, hey, go clean that up for me. The guy went over <laughs> and cleaned it up for him. The guy went over and cleaned it up for him. I was like, That's yeah, bad. yeah, no thanks. So, um, all right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the next fight. Let's go ahead and go to the next fight. Andre Feely against Bill Algio, and man, I tell you what, I really I enjoyed this fight, and I thought Andre Andre is one of those guys you just never know what you're gonna get because he's talented, and he's got you know speed, he's got power, he's got a good ground game, he's got good wrestling, he's got it all. But there's times when all of a sudden his chin's out there, and he gets touched, and he gets hurt. And you looked at Algio saying, man, he's been coming off of some good performances. He's got that weird karate style, kind of like a little bit of the Wonder Boy, you know, bounce back and forth. Is that a style that's going to give, you know, Feely problems? I thought Feely fought a great fight. I, and I know that it was a split decision. There's no way in the world it should have been a split decision. I, you know, I thought that, you know, Andre clearly, you know, how in the world are you going to sit there and tell me that a guy throwing, punches back is going to give him the round you know while he's you know trying to work off of chokes and things at times it's like have we lost our minds but at least the right guy won andre feel i don't care if it's a split decision or not andre deserved the fight he got the fight and uh but it was a, a great performance by both guys do you a lot of emotion i think yeah. um for him um, thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. I mean, I can't imagine how tough that is. Um, it's it's not. I think when you're dealing with anything to do with family, children, it's something that just either really motivates you, or it or really it crushes just, you. It crushes you. Yeah. And and um, you know, it's not easy. Like uh, I, I've told this story a couple of times. I mean, not the details of it all. I'm, I'm going to keep that with me, but. You know, my dad passed away, you know, about two and a half weeks before I fought the Dwayne Ludwig fight. And it's, it's just a, it's, it's something different. You, 
there's not you don't you're not worried about anything else but just getting to the fight, getting the win, and you're just thinking about that person. You're thinking about you know what you need to do to get this win, get through this, and then you can mourn. I think with your family afterwards, but you know that you need to get through it. Like for me, like I knew my dad; he loved that I was a fighter. He loved it. He was just he was all about it. You know, um, now dealing with the child being, you know, never, never met this child, never, never yeah. knew the opportunity of which, you know, was going to present itself and how all the joy and the happiness he probably would have felt or he was going to feel. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the, the unknown is more, I think, um, for him, but for him to come out and deliver a performance like he did. And he had a lot to say at the press conference about the judging, and he has a right to be that way, and I feel the same way you do. I think there is no way that you're gonna you're gonna score these, you know, as much as me being on your back in a finishing position. It's not the same. The the, the sh- these little tiny shots. These are not real heavy shots. Sure, no. maybe they sound good. Okay, but remember, just remember this: the leg kicks that sound good, they don't hurt. Yeah, they're not the, the ones, ones that do the, the damage. The ones that do the damage are the ones that you, they don't make any the noise. Thud. The thud noise. They make a thud. You know, and you very rarely hear them. It just, you know, by their reaction on their face that that shit hurt. This is not one of those situations. Those little tiny, that's like, John, you like to break it down. These little wrist shots is like lowest on the totem pole. A yep. little bit of the hammer fist, a little bit higher on the totem pole. And then the elbow behind the, the wrist and the, and the, and the, and the fist, those are the power shots. That's not what this was. And so it was so weird for me to, to hear the, to hear the judging on that. And I was like, yeah. split. as soon as they said split, I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to lose. He's going to lose. Yeah, and it, like, uh, it just threw me off. Surprised. <clears throat> but uh, like you said, ultimately, at the end of the day, the right person won. And, uh, you know, he gets to go home and spend some time with his family. So yeah. that's good for him. Good exactly. for him. Congratulations to Feely. Yeah. Uh, next fight. Well, the guy that Dana White is uh, very high on and from what I heard, helped him with uh, getting a place to live and stuff, so good for Dana in that. Joseph Pfeiffer against Alan Amadovsky, a guy who's uh, had nothing but problems coming into the UFC. Amadovsky uh, fought in a couple different places, fought in Bellator. He was undefeated for a while, uh, took one loss, went to the UFC, and from that point, he's had problems. He's not fighting the same way. You can see there's no confidence in the way he's fighting. He used to really be confident in his hands, and he would throw big, powerful shots and and come forward. He's not doing that anymore. Completely different fighter now. It may be because of the way he looked at you know Joseph uh, Pfeiffer as a fighter, but I really don't think so. I just think right now Pfeiffer is a guy who's on his way up. And Amadovsky is a guy who's going to have to figure out what he's going to do. Either you got to change what you're doing in the fight game or you're going to have to just step away from it because it's not going to work with what you're doing. But Pfeiffer landed the big shot. And I know that, you know, the you know, commentators said that, you know, oh, you know, he's out and stuff. When you have a guy, he did go down, no doubt about it. He got hit on the ear. He's hurt. But he's looking straight up at his opponent. He knows where he's at. He knows where he's at. You know, and they said Pfeiffer didn't even have to land the last blow. No, when you got a guy that's looking straight up at you the way he was, I understand why Pfeiffer went after him again. He, he needed to. That's, you know, his job to finish the fight. And a nice performance by him. You know, happy birthday to him. I hope he got the 50000 I don't know if he did or not. I didn't, I I, so. I didn't look into that stuff. But, you know, good, uh, 
good fight for him to come out and you know, off of the Dana White series and stuff. So, yeah, I think that. Uh, oh, is that your AC? Yeah, I can hear you. It's hot. Yeah. It must be hot in Tennessee, huh? There's Soon your bonuses, it'll, John. Huh? Who's your saying, John, there's the bonuses right there. Performance. He got it. All he right. got it. Good, good for, for him, him, man. Good for him. 50 good G's, point. baby. 50, 50 G's. 50 G's. That's good. <laughs> good for him, man. Um, I guess for me with... Uh, I'm going to talk about the Dana White situation where he said, you know, he said he gave him some money. And this, I, I've got another story for you guys because I was supposed to fight in the UFC for almost a year. It was almost two years. I kept getting injured, kept getting hurt before my first fight. And uh, and talking about Frank Shamrock, I was a week away from fighting Joao Perini at UFC 37 and a half. And I was supposed to fight him there. And Frank, in my last sparring session, Spiro was me right in my spine. And it pinches a nerve in my spine. I couldn't fucking walk. It couldn't sit. It was like a sharp pain all the way down to my foot. From my, from my middle of my back, all the way down my right leg, all the way down into my fucking... All the way down into my foot. It was. Thank nasty. you for nothing, Frank. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Thank you. That was that would have been one of my easiest fights of my career because Joao came. He came and trained with us. Like after that fight got canceled, he came and trained with us, and it was not pretty for him. And um, it was during that time I went out for one of the fights because Kelly Delonte ended up taking not Kelly Delonte. Kelly no, Delonte and, and no Kelly Delonte ended up taking another fight for me right after that because okay. I was still injured. They had me lined up to fight Matt Sarah. It was like a month or two later. And uh I went out there and I was still having problems with it. Like a month or two later, I'm still having a problem with my that nerve in my back. And so Dana, he's like, hey, what's going on with you? We signed you, you know, fucking nine months ago, a year Forever ago, ago, and you haven't fought yet. Or what are we doing with you? And I'm like, and I explained him what happened. He sent me to every fucking doctor he could send me to in Vegas. I spent like three days. Going to some wizard doctor who was like massaging my ch- my cheek jaws and you know and underneath my my neck here he was like rubbing here and he did a full therapy on my body like did my feet did my arms he he worked my whole body just to, that was Doctor Steve was it Doctor Steve the, like the witch doctor yes they call him the witch yeah. doctor yeah so he sent me to him he was fantastic I did notice a little bit of a difference you know and people want to make fun of but some but he, his some of his stuff worked man. It definitely, it definitely made the that position in my back, the nerve in my back, kind of less inflamed. And then I went to a, a what are they called? The people that poke you with needles, acupuncture. Acupuncturist. I went there. Then he took me to a like a massage therapist. Went there and just worked around. Like he sent me everywhere. Now I never got any money, but he, that's a lot of money that Doesn't he was matter. sending me to go yeah. do things with. And that, yeah. I think. What he likes to do is he knows that people need to get their foot in the door. They need to get, they need to, they need to have a little stability to get themselves in that, like to have the confidence to continue to work out hard, train hard, believe in what they're doing. When the president of the UFC, when this, whatever you want to call Dana White, he's the promoter, he's the boss. You're, you're looking and going, when this guy's helping me along, they have something planned for me. They like they they believe in what I'm doing. They he believe, believes like, in me. He believes in me. Yeah. And if this guy believes in me, then all I have to do is go out there and do my job. All I have to do is go out there and win. And that's a big confidence boost for a lot of these young fighters. I mean, I know for me it was, and I can imagine it was for him. You know, and so and I think I think the the Dana White gets shit on a lot for a lot of things, 
But in these type of situations, I have nothing but great things to say about him. Like there was a lot, like I said, I was emotionally going through at that time, not having fought for a year. Once you were signed with the UFC, you back then you were allowed to fight outside the UFC because there wasn't a lot of shows every year. But if you fought and you lost, you were cut automatically you were cut <laughs> so and i hadn't even fought yet but i needed money and so when he was paying for all these things like you know go to this doctor go to this doctor you got yeah i've got to tip my hat to him i gotta thank him and those type of things because in that position when you're a young fighter you have no money you know you, I, I remember i remember the first couple until i got signed with the ufc i remember bob cook was paying for me to eat a jack-in-the-box at the end at, after training at night you know, I'd go get the chicken fajita pitas. Yeah. And that was for almost almost a year and a half, two years. He was paying for me to go eat with him every single night. He never never once asked me for money back. I know he got it back in in uh in management fees later on, but it was it was <laughs> he never once asked me, you know, and he let me crash on his couch a bunch of times and you know, and uh I went a lot of places with him, man, on his dime, and he was great for that. But Dana Dana for young fighters. If he believes in you or he sees something in you, it's a huge confidence boost, John. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit for, for those type of things. That had to be said, man. No. And it was uh, looking at you know Joe Pfeiffer. Hey, this guy, he's got power in his hands. He obviously, you know, he can see he can crack. He looks athletic. We're going to see what he can do. The guys that he's training with out in Philadelphia, yeah. look at, they, they got something going, but We'll talk about, you know, one of those guys a little bit later on, but nice win for, uh, Joe Pfeiffer. Continue on. And it was good that he got the $50,000 bonus for his birthday. I like that. That was a, that was a good one. I love, I love when they get these guys on from Philadelphia and you've got Paul Felder calling the fights because <laughs> the reason why I love it though is because he gives a little bit of extra insight. Yep. And you know, one of the hardest things to not do. Or to one of the hardest things, yeah, is is to not be biased. Yeah, because you're always biased. I, I'm extremely Paul, biased. Paul when Paul I, does not become the no. the complete homer. He's a semi homer. Which he's not the, yeah, he's, he is. He's a semi homer. It's uh, I don't know. I, he's I, a yeah, yeah, he, he is. Look at, he is. He's but, sitting there saying, "Look, uh, look, uh, you know, these guys are great." You know, I train with them and stuff, and, and that's showing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a you know, I have a association with these guys, and I really like them, and this is where I came from. That's okay. There's nothing right. wrong with it. Because he's he's putting it out there. Hey, you know, I, I trained with these guys. That's the way it is. And he, and when they when they do something good, he's saying it. When something's going bad for him, yeah. you know, well, let's be honest. Let's talk about the Pat Sabatini fight then right now against okay. Damon Jackson. Look at it. I'm going to tell you right now, going into that fight, I thought Pat Sabatini was going to win that fight. I no doubt too. about we, it. We talked about it on Tuesday. I thought Sabatini right. was going to grin, grin and bear it and get to the yeah, second, but, third round and put it on him. And I thought because of... Look at David Jackson's very good on the ground. Sabatini's really good on the ground. So I said, well, it's a cancel out. Now it comes down to speed and everything. And I thought the speed of Sabatini. David Jackson had something on the outside happen too. You talk about having emotion going into a fight. You talk about, you know, going out there with, you know, just a, a, a mindset of, I will not lose. I, I am going to win this fight. And I'm going to win it for my brother. Look, he came up with that kick up the middle that hurt Sabatini. You could see right away. I said, "Oh, he's hurt," mm -hmm. you know. And it, as he was trying for the takedown, you could see because he had no legs and everything. And Damon Jackson, congratulations for a beautiful win. I am so sorry about your brother, 
but goddamn, you know, you, you honored him with what you do against a guy that is a stud. And, you know, Paul Felder was talking Sabatini up, and he should. He's yeah. that good. This is a, this is a guy that, man, he's really got, you know, what it takes to be in the top, you know, you know, 10 of the, of the UFC easy. And he got beat and he got beat by a guy who had something to fight for. Like I said earlier, there's a laser focus when you're yep. going through something like that is that everything else around you is drowned out. You're not worried about, oh, so-and-so is asking me for tickets or, oh, where am I going to get this? You know, I mean, but I'm going to go back to the Dwayne Lovelick thing with my dad. But then on top of that, that night I woke up fucking sick. So I had Josh Koscheck and I will always remember this. I woke up in the morning at 6 a.m. calling Bob Cook going, I'm fucking sick. And Bob wasn't in town yet. And he, or he was across town, I should say. And he goes, okay, Koscheck said, he, I called up Kost. He's going to bring you a bunch of stuff. Josh Koscheck at 630 in the morning is bringing me fucking uh, that nasal aspirin, not aspirin, uh, Afrin? 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 Yeah, like the nasal spray. Brought me some. Clear you uh, up, baby. Yeah, he brought me some like Tylenol. He brought me all this shit to fucking clean me out. And it worked. I mean, like, but that whole, I woke up, you know, dad passed, you know, a couple weeks before, two weeks before. Just woke up that morning sick. There was nothing stopping me from winning that fight. Jackson seemed very focused, laser focused on what to do top dominant position as soon as that fight hit the ground it was fucking over oh, yeah. he controlled every position hips in control it wasn't overpowering letting him letting sabatini roll to the position that he needed him to roll to to control that top position flatten him out and just let it go it was a very very great performance by him yeah and like i said we as fighters and all athletes they sometimes let the out the the uh the outside noise get in and when they do it affects everything they do when you are laser focused and you're just nothing but winning nothing on how nothing but on how to win whatever it takes you get performances like that and that was a great performance I, there's nothing i can say it was such a short fight but i mean just the way he controlled it he didn't rush situations when he hit him with the push kick up the middle he didn't flurry too much and leave himself out of position he did a great job and, um, you know, and it's, it's always hard to go into a fight like that. It can never be easy. It's never, but that's not the point. The point is for him to, he knew what he had to do. He knew that, you know, it, there's nothing he could change between now and the fight. And so fight the fight. And then now this is your moment. You saw the mom, his mom. I don't know if that was his sister, if his, that was his wife, uh, but whoever was with mom, you could tell that they were just like, Hey, now we can move on from the fight and start being together as a family and mourn together, which is more, which was the most important thing. So yeah. congratulations to uh, Jackson on the great win. Great performance. Nicely done, but no, you're That's... not going to skip over fluffy Hernandez. Oh no, no. I got to go back up to him. Thank you. Point. Thank yes. you. No, no, no you're no, not no. going to fl- skip Anthony, Anthony fluffy Hernandez against Mark Andre Barrio, <laughs> man. Anthony Hernandez is a, he's a tough dude, man. Uh, like Mark Andre is—he's a brawler. He's durable. He's strong. He never stops. Never gives in. <laughs> he didn't win one second of that fight. Anthony Hernandez was just all over him throughout that. You know, beat him up. 
put him in bad positions, just continued to work. And you saw how you know Mark Andre would start to work his way out of things, and he's, Anthony Hernandez just flows right into the next position to hold him where he wants and to, to, de- to now actually advance his position. Just everything he's doing. They got a winner in Hernandez here. They got a winner. John, you know what they got? That division's got a fucking problem on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they've got. Dude. This kid, he wasn't even breathing heavy. No. Like, I, he was like, Psh, whatever. I'm good. Fluffy. I mean, I love the name. I love the name, even though I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, he, he ain't fluffy at all. He anymore. ain't fluffy anymore. He yeah. is... I mean, to be honest, man, he's one of my new favorite fighters. I love Dude. watching him fight. He comes forward. He's got his stand-up looks cleaner now than when he fought last time. Yeah. You know, and then on top of it, his transitions, like you said, he'd get the takedown. He'd let him work kind of back up to his feet, but he was always following him with his hands locked, then back with a lift and back down and the mat return. Beautifully done. Dominant performance. He won, like you said, every second of that fight from beginning to end. And he's just, it doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. Do me a favor, Dave. Go go to his record. Go, I want to see where, I know he's got a couple losses. Two losses. Where He's got one against Kevin Holland and one against Marcus Perez. Okay. Both. Wow. I, I, I want to see a rematch because he got, he got submitted by an anaconda choke. And then that would be interesting to see that again. He's good. He's got a win against Brendan Allen at LFA. Wow. I look forward to just watching him fight from that, you know, from this point forward. See where he can go because his team's got him going. He's doing the right things. I would just I'd like to see him fight just a little bit more often. Just a little bit. Yeah, well, he's coming off that injury. What injury? He was out. Yeah, he was out for a long time. They said he, last they were talking about last night. He, I don't know which injury it was, but I think they were saying that he's coming off that injury after the Adolfo Vieira fight. They said that he had had a long layoff after the after he got the win. And then I think Must it was have after been the, between the last fight. And yeah, then it the was fight in between the, that, the, yeah, the you were saying, yeah. yeah, so the Josh whatever he ended up getting injured and he was out for a while. Can you maybe you can look that up and see what he was hurt from, Dave? Um, great performance, great job by him. He did a fantastic job of just controlling every. Every position, every second of the fight. Um, I'm not really sure. Like, if you were, if we were to pull up, we're in that 185 pound division. Though, where do you see him going? You know, it's it's a rough one as far as you know exactly where do you think he's at. You know, if we take a look at the um, the the lineup there, there, there's a lot of guys that you could look and say he he could fight with. You know, mm-hmm. anybody. You know, not there. There's certain guys I you know right now that. I don't want to say that he can fight with anybody in the top ten, but when you're getting down towards that the eight, nine, ten, yeah, you know, I, I do think that he can. I think he's right there with it, and so you know, it's see. a matter of you got Hermanson submission wise, mm-hmm. you know, on the ground wise. I think they match up well with Jack Hermanson. You got Darren Till does not want to go to the ground with him, and in the stand up, I tell you what, Anthony could be in the stand up with him for a while. The one guy in Andre Muniz, he's trouble. That dude's got a really good ground game also. Um, but I I just look and I think he could be, you know, in that whole, you know, section. You know, we, we just watched uh, 
I'm off get a good win, but mm-hmm. we saw that you know what he got tired against Joaquin Buckley. Mm-hmm. You know how would Anthony Hernandez, who pushes the pace, who has got a lot of pressure, who's really good on the ground too, how would he do it? You know against someone like I'm off. I'd like to know. Yeah. I would say Derek Brunson would be a good matchup for him, but the rest of the fighters in there would not be a good matchup after that. And that's how, so then once you yeah. get up there, where are you going to go? So I don't want to throw him there, but I think Darren Brunson, because he has a tendency to get really tired, that that might be a good fight. If he could survive, which we know he can survive probably the first two and a half, three minutes, he's going to start to take that fight over, I think. And nothing against Derek Brunson, but his, his Achilles heel has always been his cardio. Like as the fight goes on, he tends to slow down and just, he tends to take a shot or two that he just shouldn't take, and then he tends to slow down. Derek Brunson is still a dog. He's still one of the best oh, yeah. in the game. There's no doubt about it. But if I scroll all the way down, I mean, I got to be honest, I would put him probably somewhere in that Brad Tavares, you know, Cur- uh, Chris Curtis, Duplessis, Duplessis, Duplessis. Yeah, Th- those see, would be some if you, good fights. If you look and you say, how, could he beat Chris Curtis? Yeah, no, no, the action man could beat him too. But Chris Curtis is a good fighter, but he could be, he definitely can fight with him. He can yeah. fight with Brad Tavares. He could fight with Duplessis. I think he could fight with Imova. You know, it's in that you know top fifteen. You go to those those numbers, and that I think you know mm-hmm. he's he's right there. Yeah, I agree. I think he's in that that top mix there. I'm not really sure. I want to give him Imova to be honest. I think I'd probably keep him away from that from him right now. And I know that Kelvin Gaslam's on his road to recovery with the knee. Yeah. Um, he's looking good. I saw some videos of him the other day, uh, doing his walking, doing his, his, uh, his push sled, his stuff like that on the, uh, on the machines. So he's getting back. I'm excited to watch him fight again, man. I really like that kid. Super nice kid. Like always my, very he's, respectful. He's, he's my Roberto such, Duran of MMA, man. He's, he's such a fucking good person though, too. I mean, I had a chance a couple of times to talk with him. And then one time, the last time out in uh, Phoenix when we did Bellator out there and he was there. He's just so fucking nice. Yeah, great. You no, know, just, just not a clout chaser, just someone that wants to be around, just kind of loves the sport and just likes it. He's just a great person. Can't say enough about him. So yep. wishing him a speedy recovery, Kelvin Gaslam. Speedy recovery, my man. Yep. Uh, what other fights on here you want to talk about, buddy? I don't want to talk oh. about Trevin Giles and Louis <laughs> Cosa. Man, for a while, they didn't touch each other for the first two minutes of the first round. That was just bad. And then eventually, Trevin Giles started getting a little bit better. In the third round, Luis Cosa took him down, wasn't able to do anything with him. But mm-hmm. who, whoever uh, made it 30-27 for Trevin Giles, what are you looking at in that third round? Come on. I don't know, man. Uh, crazy. But I do want to say that, and it's different name as far as, you know, Lucumbin. Mm-hmm. Is what is up there when we I look at it up Bume, here? It's, it's Bumi, Bume or whatever. Bume, yeah, yeah, dude. I, she's a she's a goer, man. Yeah. But up here, it's it's uh, Supasara against mm-hmm. Denise Gomes. That was a good fight. It was they a really good go- fight. They were going after each other. I don't know if there is another outside of maybe Ronda Rousey when she was around that has a better head and arm throw. <laughs> she was hitting her with that sag on that head and arm. There's a yep. difference in like there's a difference between you guys from a throw, which Ronda would hit you with a throw. Bume was hitting you more with like the sag. She'd yep. grab and she would try and throw you, but she would sag you down to your hip. That's a beautiful little technique. But what I love the most about her, to be honest, which is the most underutilized takedown in the game right now, is the foot sweeps. Oh yeah. 
Anytime you get into a clinch. Got all those tie foot sweeps. Yes. Anytime you get into a clinch, pull on the lat, hit the foot sweep. If you don't get it, at least it puts them out of position to try and hip into them and run them over. I, I kick myself in the ass every single time I go back and look at some of my fights in my career. And I'm like, damn, you could have hit it there. You could have hit it there. I mean, I know I had that and little. It takes, it takes very little energy to do. Yeah. Even if your opponent is able to pop right back up, they have to pop back up that's energy yeah. and getting themselves back to their feet it's a great technique because if you can hit them boom with the foot sweep they hit to a knee and as they come up you catch them with the same leg you try to foot sweep them with you hit them with the knee up the middle to the face beautifully done like all those type of things she just it, she made it look super easy every time she did it i was like holy shit and she's got the best foot sweep i think in the game right now and uh then her hip there you know her head and arm throws and she ended up on top. Now, I'm not a big fan of the head and arm throw because you give your back. Yep. But she found a way to come on top every single time. You know, with the judo players, right? They they have the way of just controlling that position and being able to get the squeeze and sometimes getting the tap from there. That's because they're so good at getting the back flat instead of yeah. allowing the person to get to their side, which is going to be a completely different position. You keep the fighter with their back and their shoulders flat on the ground in that Kezakatami. Mm -hmm. It's a completely, you can't bring the leg over. It's a completely different situation. So, there, you know, there's levels to everything. When you watch a Kayla Harrison and she does a Kezakatami, it's not easy. I love when people say, oh, all you have to do is try it against her. <laughs> try it. Completely right. Different. All you have to do. There yeah. was a guy, I can't remember. We went through this, I think, a while back. He was a judo guy that came off of Josh Koscheck's, uh Ultimate Fighter. Gosh, he was a judo guy. God. God, what was his name? Uh, he had a really he used to, I think he used to train with Carl Parisian and those guys. Gosh, I can't remember his name. Anyways, Savak. Savak. Yep, Savak. That guy was so damn talented. <laughs> Who he was? And fucking strong. Yeah. He would grab you, and you're like, holy shit! It would be S E V A K something Savak. Yeah. Yeah, he he was good, man. He was good. He came and trained with us, and he just didn't like to do cardio, but he was good. He could, yeah. he, could he he was foot sweeps, throws, all of that. He was a stud. But uh, but yeah, he. I wonder what ever happened to him. We had him for like I think one or two fights, and then I don't know where whatever happened to him. He kept getting yeah. hurt. He was hurt all the time. But uh, he was a stud, stud guy. Yep. But he he was he was tapping guys when he first came to AK. He was tapping guys with that. Where he would just squeeze you, get in that head and arm choke, and he would just squeeze you. And I was like, holy shit. He got me there a couple of times. He didn't catch me, but he, it was, I was, I was gurgling. <laughs> you just can't, once you let your air out, you can't breathe back in. That's it. And so as you're holding your All breath, that pressure. yeah, he's squeezing. You got to just see if you can hold your breath longer than he can squeeze. <laughs> majority of the time it didn't work out so well so yeah. but uh yeah you just fight your way through it but he was so, a stud man savak was one of those guys out of the carl parisian manny gamburian gene yep. labelle with you know um the highest stand was the uh school that they're all from and that was gokar chavikian was the the main guy there he was their yes yes their trainer so Gosh, man, giving me flashback to the old school days. Old school days. <laughs> uh, any other fights on these prelims that you made me go all the way back and watch that really weren't worth it? <laughs> I said, Look, John, I, 
I asked John. Wait, we're gonna tell this story. I asked John. Hey, John, because I, I was I was out at a soccer game until like until the uh, Boomay soccer fight. with your son. Soccer yeah. with so your I, son. You got to tell. So him I that. come back. I get there and it's boom. The Boomay fight's going on. I'm like, hey, what other fights are you know on the prelims before this? I only miss a couple. He's like, man, I'm tired of this. He's like, fucking John sends a text. I'm tired of this. Go back and watch the fucking fights. I'm not gonna tell you what I. I'm not gonna tell you what happened, and then you're just gonna use what I said in the show. I'm like, I go back and watch these fights, and I'm like, fucking John. I knew they sucked. They all sucked. They were so boring. All of them. I, although. Hold on. You have to admit, on the text, I did say, okay, I, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I was just like, this fucking guy. I'm like, this mother... So I go back and watch him. I am glad that I saw the very first opening fight because Moda looked good. Uh, for the shorter, smaller guy, he threw everything yeah. with pre with precision. He was coming forward. He moved his head offline when he threw. Yep. His opponent was not very uh, very smart. He kept not leaning technical. back with his head. Wasn't technical. He just kept let, he kept thinking that his height was going to get him out of trouble, and that didn't work. And so Moto though did a great job of keeping tight with his defense and moving his head slightly left and right and moving it offline and throwing big combinations. And he eventually caught him. You know, as as the mouse was playing with the cat, he eventually was able to get it within range and slid right inside that pocket and landed a clean shot. Beautifully done. Just great job by him. I got to give him some love because he fought a great fight. John liked another fight, which I wasn't too high on. I thought it was a good performance, but I was like, yeah, you know, it was kind of a, after the first couple, what, first two minutes? Yeah. I think um, Basharat or whatever Basharat. took over. Yeah, he took over. He did, but he, look, he, there's things that happen in fights, and you know all the time where you, you end up having to overcome things that you personally feel like, hey, I'm, I'm being... Uh, I'm being fouled here. This is not right. And it starts to mentally take over and you start to not fight the way you're supposed to fight. And I thought that that started to happen for Javid and I yeah. thought he got himself back. And I thought that showed a lot of, you know what showed a lot of maturity as a fighter. And cause he's going against a tough guy in Tony Gravely, a guy that is a tough matchup for him. And I thought he did a nice job of getting the fight. And then the other one that I wanted to talk about was Jillian Robertson against Agapova, and in that one, good good job by Jillian. And I thought that Jillian was going to win the fight. I thought her ground was too much. I knew that they had trained together before. But it does go to show you, you know, when fighters will get it in their mind, oh, I've trained with you. Oh, I can just do what I want with you on the ground. It's different when you fight. You can't put yourself into these same positions and stuff and let someone elbow you in the head. You know, it is a fight. It's not training. Nice win by Jillian Robertson. Nice job by Agapova. Never gave in, never gave up. She went out, you know, but good win by Jillian Robertson. Robertson looked, she was obviously the lot smaller fighter. She should maybe think about going to 15. That might be a good choice for her. Good. She can make the weight without killing herself. She's also talked about it, apparently. I think I was listening to DC or someone. Or I think Paul said that she's she kind of contemplating it right now. She had a good performance. She is a lot smaller than Lagagapova's or Agapova or whatever you want to say. Agapova. I'm going Agapova. I don't care. Okay, Agapova. She, she, um, she is nasty good on the ground. Very tricky on the ground. Yeah. Like not Agapova, but uh, no, um, Julian Robertson. Julian Robertson. She did a great job, man. Great job. I get a little weirded out sometimes when I see someone come in with all red. Her hair oh, was man. red. Her shorts were red. She doesn't. It. Like, that, that's her thing. It's like watching the Seattle Seahawks in their fucking lime green. Fucking, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, 
I kind of don't mind them, but I look when you're looking back from far, you're like a little too much. Those are a little too much sometimes. A little too much. A little too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks of me with my fucking rainbow hair. Jesus, man, a little bit too much. <laughs> I go back. I go back. Who sometimes, talked like, you into that? I was like, God, what were you thinking? Jesus, exactly. man, fucking dummy. <laughs> well, like, best thing is you can look back and laugh at yourself. That's one thing I'm very good at. It's looking back and laughing at myself. Um, there was something else. Who else was it? Uh, Bashra. See, no, that's it. That's pretty much sums it all up. But overall, good night. It was a decent night of fights. I felt like it could have been some better ones, but they, you know, there was some fight. Like you said, the Giles fight. Like, come on, man. Throw something, yeah. do something in the first that round. That was not good. Yeah. It was just crud. And it's weird. You know, you'll get one fight like that and you can have a bunch of really kind of exciting fights. And look at the, yeah. the Chidi and Jaquani oh. Rodriguez fight. Exciting. I thought the Corey Sanhagen and Yadong Song fight, really good, really technical, a lot yeah. of good stuff going on. And you can have just those periodic fights in between that kind of make everything feel like it slows way down. Oh, God damn. When actually there was a lot of good fights. Speaking of fights that make you slow way down, oh, let's talk God. about Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Let's not. John, I really wanted to see a great fight, and I wish we could have got the first eight rounds, like how we got rounds 9, 10, and 11. And not just because I had I had Triple G winning 9, 10, and 11. That's all I had him winning. So I don't know what the judges were saying. They had him They had him losing by one round. Two yeah. judges had him losing Two by judges, one round. 115, 113. What fucking fight were you watching? Like, you've got... When you knew it was bad, when the judges... Or another judge when his corner, when Triple G's corner has basically gave up on him after the eighth round. Dude, he's hey, telling him, all right, we got to change this up. Okay, no, I need you to do this. He's telling him, you're not fighting. You're not doing, you're losing these. Yeah. No, nope, not just, according to the judges. <laughs> it was, I, it was I, I gave him two rounds. Yeah. I gave oh, him, I think, the, I, I gave him the ninth and the eleventh. Yeah, I gave him nine, ten, eleven, and I don't know. Maybe the tenth was some of the some of that feeling of like, oh, he's going now. Finally, yeah. I'm just gonna give him ten. <laughs> That's kind of he didn't you know, throw. Like, yeah, he just you gotta pull the trigger if you want to win the fight, man. You've gotta pull the trigger, and you would think though too for two fighters that have already fought, um, that they they understand each other's uh speed, they understand each other's. Power. Normally, you get like the best fight in the second and the third fight because they already know each other. Yeah, they've, they've already spent twelve rounds together. They know what what each is capable of. But what I saw last night was that Triple G forgot how fast or how technical that Canelo was. The speed was a real huge factor in that fight. You could tell that Triple G just did not want to throw in those first five rounds, six rounds. He started opening, he started throwing one or two more things in the seventh and eighth, but it still was nowhere near what he yeah, needed he, to throw like he did in the eighth and the, or the ninth and the tenth and eleventh. He was getting hit by that left hook repeatedly, yeah. repeatedly yeah. from and he far away, he, John. He didn't. I know it's like he couldn't see it coming. You know, and he, I, I don't know. I thought the scoring in this was reminiscent of their first fight because the scoring in their first fight triple g won that fight it wasn't close yeah. and this one it wasn't close yeah. at least the right guy won this is true i mean it's it's frustrating because you know boxing can be so great and you and then you have they could have just rode off into the sunset and be like look it was a dominant performance by canelo he ran yeah. away with this and the judges could have verified it we could have moved on and now it's just like it's the stigma of 
corrupt boxing or just what they wanted to happen. It just was a shit situation. But I want to get into something else, though. What do you think of the overall? Because this is the this is the the first time I think not the first time this Canelo's back now, not fully I think with the zone, but the zone's kind of making a little bit of a comeback now, trying to sign these big fights. What do you think of the of of the not performance, but of the production? I thought the ring announcer was a little over the top, but it was good I think to kind of mix it up. I thought it was kind of good to mix it up. Look, we've had the he same has ring not announcers. cut his hair since he was twelve. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> He probably hasn't washed it either since he was 12. Oh, there you go, too. But look, let's... I got to be but honest. he's not it bad. Was, it was kind of a little different of a flair, and I kind of liked it a little bit. As In the beginning, I was like, all right, this guy's a little over the top. It's too much. But as it went on, when he was introducing Canelo, and he was giving out all the names, and yeah. he was the way he was saying it, and Canelo was shaking his head, I was like, oh, oh, we're onto something. I felt like I felt like I was watching uh, I, yeah, Apollo Creed, Apollo yeah. Creed and Rocky when they're announcing Apollo Creed's all of his nicknames. Yeah, it was great. He did because he went through about twelve variations of names until he finally got to Sal Alvarez. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's like, hey, but well, hey, but but it was but good. It was the good. way that they the way that they they started off on on the ring announcer, but then they panned over to Canelo and Canelo as they started going through the names, he started shaking his head. Yeah. And he just started getting more started into getting more it. Fired and he, up. he started getting more fired up. And I was like, okay, now I, I, I feel this. I'm feeling the energy. I feel like I'm in the, in the ring right now with Canelo. And this is, I thought in the beginning, I was like, eh, now as it was going on, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And then when the fight started, I was like, let's go. I was ready to go. So I think because we have been stuck, this M combat sports have been stuck with the same type of ring announcers, the same type of, we get it was nice to have something a little bit refreshing. It was it was it was different. A different. And yeah. I think the zone did I think the zone did a good job uh of um of really putting this production together. I will say this though. This is always driving it's always driven me nuts about boxing. There is such a long <laughs> is he your little baby boy? Yeah, he ain't a, he, he, he's, he's still a, a baby, but he ain't little. <laughs> no, he ain't little no more. <laughs> no. But there the thing that drives me nuts about nuts about boxing. Is there such a lag from the co-main event to the main event? Oh, the walkouts, dude, thank you very much for 16, 16 national anthems. Like it's got, it's it's getting out of hand, man. It, though, I mean, it, that that the co-main event ended by nine o'clock. I don't think this fight started till nine forty-five. It was something ridiculous, man. Nine forty-five your time. It started at twelve. Yeah, my yeah, time. twelve something. Yeah, it was. Something. It was a long time. I was like, damn, this is fucking taking forever. Yeah. You know, and then when you have a snooze fest a little bit, the first eight rounds, seven rounds were. That's that. where I was like, oh, why are yeah. you doing this to me? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yep. I, yep. I want I need something better. But yeah, I, I did. I, I do like like what you're talking about. There's too many. We see, you know, we see now Every, everyone is the if you're MMA, you're the copycat of Bruce Buffer. And all these announcers are trying to be Bruce. They're trying to yeah. you know, do the same thing. Obviously, you know, there's there's ones that have been there for a long time that they do their own thing, but the new ones, you know, they're trying to be Bruce. This guy, he's not trying to be Buffer you know, as far as Michael Buffer. He's doing his own thing. And I, I did, I thought, I actually liked when he announced Canelo. I thought it was really, it was good. And I, I saw the same thing. I, Canelo liked it. And so yeah. I thought the zone overall did a good job with it. I thought it was, yeah. you know, their commentary was a little slanted. It's it was slanted towards Canelo, no no doubt yeah. about it. But uh, that's you know 
you got to get that, you know, when that's their guy right now, and that's the one they're trying to Yeah, but John kind of had to be slanted. He was kind of dominating the fight. It had to be slanted a little bit. It was slanted even before. Are you talking about the lead-up to it? Oh, before. It was slanted slanted before before the fight. Yeah, Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the commentary, but up until the fight started. Yeah. But, Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, overall, it was, uh, I thought the production was pretty good. I thought Triple G, he looked slow. The output wasn't there. He looked 40. I think he, uh, yeah, he looked 40. And that's the other thing, too, is he, he did. He looked 40. He didn't have, he, if you're going to be, if you're going to fight, I think, in boxing into your 40s, you got to take that Bernard Hopkins approach of punch, punch, clinch, punch, punch, clinch, which makes for a boring fight, but it also makes for a boring fight when you're not throwing punches. At least yep. Bernard would throw and then clinch, throw and then clinch, which usually slowed his opponents down <clears throat> to his level, and then he could finally start trying to land clean shots. If if Triple G's going to continue to fight, he's going to probably have to start to fight that way, but I think it's going to be hard for him to get away from fighting the way he's fought his whole career, which was yeah. stand right there in front of you, move a little bit offline, yeah. <clears throat> move a little bit offline and land big body shots and then come back up top to the head. He just didn't have the speed to go to the body. He knew wow. he was going to get countered, and the counter yep. would have probably put him to sleep. Yep. So, overall, though, I mean, like, I'm glad he made a little bit more of a run towards the end. But, I mean, he's he's uh, it's sad to see like someone that I've loved, always loved, always loved watching him fight when he'd always yeah. come out and fight in the in the powder blues. He'd come out and fight in his powder blue uh, shorts, with yep. powder blue gloves. I fucking loved it, man. But look, he he's been a great fighter. He's a he was a great champion. It's just. It comes down to how many times do we have to say it? We will say yep. it for eternity Ever. when it comes to combat. Father Time. Father Time's undefeated, and he takes things away from you where yep. you just cannot perform at the level that you once did. And that's, you know. Well, how many of you guys remember Casa Zoo? Never fought oh, yeah. again after Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton, was, dude. And, but it was like he was, he was getting older. He wasn't, I don't think he was four. He wasn't four. Costa Zoo was a fucking exterminator, man. He, he was, was killing people. Just mauling th- through people, just fucking yeah. them up, walking them down, touching them up. But then that one fight in Manchester, I think it was in Manchester, he never fought. I remember watching that, that fight and, and I was, I was down. amazed. I, you know, yeah. I knew who Ricky Hatton was. I'd watched him fight. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a good fight. I probably thought that Casa Zoo in the end was the better fighter, mm-hmm. and I watched Ricky Hatton just dismantle him. Yeah, just walked yeah. him down, touched oh. him up piece by piece. Man, I mean, I didn't expect that, man. I was watching that fight going, throw. Casa Zoo wasn't throwing. Who he was didn't? getting beat to the punch. He was, getting hit to the, he was getting hit to the body. He was the getting body pushed was around. Horrible. I was like, what is going on? Really? This is, this is not happening. And oh, uh, yeah. it just oh, yeah, it, was. it happens. It happens to every boxer as they get older. The, the younger talent, especially in those lower weight classes, the younger talent starts to take over with the speed. You could tell Costa was having a hard time. You know, just I think a little bit with the speed, but the body shots started to have an effect, and he just started losing. Never fought again after that. Yeah. So uh, now we call him Ricky Fatten. No, <laughs> haven't you ever seen Ricky? Have you seen Ricky lately? No, I haven't seen him lately. He got back into fighting shape. Oh, really? He's gonna fight. Jesus. That Dude, guy, he looks I good. I saw, I saw a docu. I think I saw a quick little docu series on him, and they were talking about him in at the pub, just being, you know, probably uh, about two twenty five. Oh yeah, he was up there. He, he was, was there. you know, oh man. All right, J- Dave, what do you got for us? Any news? All right, yeah, we got some fight announcements to talk about. So Bryce Mitchell takes on undefeated Movsar Evlov. Evlov is. This is a great matchup, and I, I believe both guys are undefeated, right? 
think uh, so. Yeah, um, Movzar is undefeated, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does Bryce have a loss? I thought Bryce no. was undefeated. I think he's undefeated, too. I think he's 11-0 or something. No, I want to say 15-0 and or something like that. Oh, is he yeah, that 15-0? You're right. Okay, yeah. so then Evalev is 11-0? See, we needed that one on tail of the tape. I would have gotten his record right, 15-0. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just tells me he's undefeated here. I'll pull no, him up right here. Evalev, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, I want to say a 13. 16. 16. Oh, okay. 16-0. Great, great. Sucks when someone's always got to go. No, it doesn't. I love it. I love that. Especially when they when I know they've been fighting tough people. What do you so, think? Man, I'll tell you what. Look, the wrestling-wise, wrestling goes to Evolov. No doubt about it. Submission-wise, it's got to go to Thug Nasty. So it's a matter of, on the feet, who's the cleaner guy? Evolov. Yes. He's the cleaner fighter, by far. So does he try to keep it on the feet? And just slowly wear Bryce Mitchell down and keep Bryce Mitchell out of where he's the best, and that's in his submission game. But does Bryce Mitchell push the pace so much that it slows Evolov down? Good. Where because Bryce is, he's going to walk him down. He's going to he's going to try to wrestle him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah. You, it doesn't matter what we think. No, Evolov he's going to go. The better wrestler. He's going to try to wrestle him and take him down. And he should. Yeah. And he should. You know, I'm not not saying you know anything about the, and the last thing that we saw out of Bryce Mitchell though is look he had power in his hands he in his last fight he did damage with his hands mm-hmm. and so he's getting better when it comes to the stand up game we already know that his ground game is fantastic this is a great matchup I, you know it's one of those I think Evolov might be the favorite but it's going to be by this much if he is. Mm. Well, I guess we'll have to find out at mybookie.ag. There you uh, go. There was, another fight, there was another fight that was announced. Go ahead. There was an Arnold Allen fight. Yep. Oh, there we go. Calvin Cater. Dun, dun, dun. This I is mean, a great matchup. It is a great matchup. I, I, I think Calvin Cater has been looking better since his loss to uh, Max. Max. But I don't think he's back to what he was before Max. And so I think that Arnold Allen right now is he's obviously riding the highs and just he's a stud, man. I don't think people are giving him enough credit. People are overlooking him. He's like a name that's kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. Well, he is lost in the shuffle. It's like they're not propping him up enough. They're not giving him the love that he deserves. He's a That's because of his personality. Yeah. They look at him as like, oh, he's a white towel. Which is weird. He's plain. But people were like, people give Calvin Cater so much. Calvin Cater's a dom. He's a great fighter. He's a, a fantastic fighter. But they gave him a lot of love because of his fight with Zabit. And then after that, you know, he did well. Then he lost to, to Max and he came back. Now he's making his run back. He's doing well. But Arnold Allen is just, I feel like he is someone that just doesn't get the love because of, like you said, he doesn't talk a whole lot, but he hasn't had a dominant, significant win or given somebody at the top two or three. That 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 like that test that hasn't really pushed someone to where like oh shit people want to pay attention to you, yeah. And so when you look at him like he doesn't look like much when you look at him. You see him in there, you're like, eh, the guy with no tan, okay? Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's what you're He's thinking, right? There's not yeah, a lot of right? sun. Come the on, sun man. never comes out. I get it. 
But that's what that that's what that's what people were thinking. Like, oh, the the really like pasty white guy. He's sure he looks yeah, talented. He, when you talk about yeah, some of the names fighter. that he has beaten, you know, Dave, pull up his record. For, pull up Arnold Allen's record because there's some names on there people will recognize. Mm-hmm. He just got them at a point Very where nice. a little bit early for them to realize how good the guys he was beating were. You know. John, look at that face, though. Like, that's not somebody I'd be afraid of. I'd see you no. at a bar and be like, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. So no way, man. Take a look at, you know, his last win was Dan Hooker. Before that, yeah. you know, Yusuf. Yep. Good fighter. Everyone's yes. seen him fight, right? Nick Lentz, tough Good son fighter. of a bitch. Gilbert yes. Melendez, right? I mean, Mads Burnell, you know, Americani. He's got some good wins yeah. in there, man. I mean, yeah. Jordan Rinaldi, just the guy. Keep going. Scroll that up. Americani. That's what I said. Americani in there. Oh, yeah. oh they said George Rinaldi because there's a Rinaldi up there, too. No, there is. Yeah. No, he beat Jordan Rinaldi. But, I mean, he's got some big wins. He's he's a good fighter, man. Yeah. yeah you've seen Alan, Alan O'Meara. We watch him, you know. He's a good fighter. Tough dude. You know, I don't huh. know. I think Calvin has fought the higher level overall. Yeah. yeah. You know, no doubt about it. But this is a this is a this is a tight matchup. Anybody anybody that's fought Max Holloway has fought the higher level. <laughs> <laughs> like you got Max, you got Volk. I mean, that's pretty much sums up your weight class right there. Those yeah, two guys. That does. So yeah, um, I, I think it's gonna be a tough fight. I think, but I think Arnold right now is gonna be the guy who's gonna. He's like you said. I, I like I said he's riding on a high. He's just he's been unstoppable. He's coming forward. He's gonna he's gonna come out and implement his game plan. Well, I think Calvin Cater still has a little bit of that doubt in his head. He's still trying to evolve his game. He's still trying to change oh a couple God. little tweaks here and there. Just from his fight from Max, it's still in your mind. Two wins after two wins doesn't get you back on track. It's gonna take another run of three, four wins, five wins to get you to start feeling like okay, look. I can get that title shot now. I so I feel I start feeling like I should be getting close to it. He he's still he's still there's still a little bit in him that's like, okay, what do I gotta make? What do I gotta do to change this up a little bit to to not so this doesn't happen to me again from the max fight? I I think this can be a good fight. It's gonna be a good fight. I'm gonna lean towards Arnold Allen off of confidence mainly. Calvin Cater is a great fighter. I'm not trying to knock him or take anything away from him. I love watching him fight. But I'm gonna lean towards Arnold Allen because, like I said, he doesn't get the respect he deserves either. I will give you. I think that Arnold Allen is the more, especially the way he fights, he uses more tools, the more complete fighter. Not that Calvin Cater cannot do the things. He just he likes to be in the stand up. He likes his stand up. He likes to throw down. That's where he's most comfortable. He likes his boxing. I think Allen utilizes more of the tools available to him in MMA, but I'm telling you right now, okay, you go with Allen, and I and I I understand why. I'll take Cater because I think it's that close. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, be an, it'll be a good fight. I'm looking forward really? to it. I'm gonna go with Arnold. You're gonna take Cater. I'll take Cater. I just think I think, Cater it's, that, gets stuck. I think it's close. That's why. Yeah, I think Cater gets stuck in just boxing. He, he might. utilizes. He might utilize his kicks a little bit more. But Arnold and... Allen is a decision machine. Mm. He doesn't finish a lot of people. 
He gets a lot of decisions. Is, is this a record. main event? Is this a main event? Yeah, it's a week after Islam and Oliveira. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, if if I'm looking, if it's a main event, five rounds, I'm, I'm going to go with Arnold Allen. I think a couple takedowns, I think a couple mixing it up. I think, See, I'm uh, going the the, the, the the whole thing you just said. Mm-hmm. Five rounds. That's yeah. why I'm going with Calvin Cater. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. I was leaning that I started thinking like five rounds Calvin Cater because of the five rounds. But we'll see. I guess we'll see there, buddy. I yeah, guess we we'll see. Good one. I like that. The fight the other fight interests me a little bit more though. The Bryce Mitchell fight. Oh, that's a that, good one. That that's a good fight. That's, that's a, a good, good fight. fight. Is that a main event also or no? I hope so. Uh I don't think it's been confirmed yet. It's November, November fifth. Um there's no pay per view because the pay per view is the twelfth, I think, and that's a Madison yeah. Square Garden one to this. But you'd think that he would be... Bryce Mitchell's always on the pay-per-view, so you'd think that he would be on there. Well, it says he's on November 5th. That is the pay-per-view. Is that the pay-per-view? Oh, no, no. No, it says Las Vegas Fight Night. Yeah, Las Vegas You're Fight Night. You're right. Mm. So then it's going to be though. a five-round main event. Well, I, you it doesn't say Bryce. main event, so you don't know yet. Huh, interesting. All we'll right, see. what else you got for us, Dave? All right, we'll wrap up on this one. one. We had a rebooking of a fight. We've already mm-hmm. talked kind of about the fight and stuff, so just kind of get your thoughts on the rebooking. It's right at the end of the year, um, and kind of where does this put these guys? This is one of those fights that we looked at. You know, I think we both think this is going to be a really good matchup. Both in the stand-up, like to stand. Cannoneer against Strickland. Strickland had the finger injury. He had an infection in his fingers, so he wasn't able to... Uh, hold on to the first date but they they brought it right back and i think they're bringing it right back because it's this is you know the blueprint for the ufc when it comes to their top guys coming off of losses they want to get either cannoneer back in the win column or get strickland back in the win column so then they can bring them back into the fold and the other one that they'll you know just let go down and give them another fight later on but this is this is a good matchup cannoneer very strong you know he can't uh Strickland doesn't get credit for being as good on the ground as he actually is. He's a good anti-wrestler. He's good. He's very tough to take down. And when he gets on the ground, he's not bad on the ground. On the ground, I think he's actually better than Cannoneer. Now, Cannoneer could do ground and pound against him and do well in that situation. But in the stand-up, they're both come-forward guys. And the guy that is moving backwards is going to have problems. And I think that Strickland is going to end up backing up Cannoneer more than Cannoneer backs up Strickland. Yeah, I, I would agree that Strickland's probably going to be able to walk him down and touch him and touch him, but I think I'm going to give Cannoneer the more power. Yep, and I Can- agree. And if Strickland is coming off that knockout loss, a lot of it, a lot of it is a mindset. He don't care. He I don't. know he doesn't care. I know, but a lot of it is a mindset. As soon as you get touched in the chin, you feel a little wobbly at all. You start second-guessing. You start backing Coming up. In. You start backing up, and you you start you stop fighting the way that you were fighting. You know they got you all those wins. That's so Cannoneer coming off of his loss, um, look at who he lost to. Yeah, and then you know it's like when I look at that way, and the, and, and I look at who he lost to there for Cannoneer, it's a little bit of a different story. It's like, hey, I can still do this. I can still hang. I can still push the pace. I can do all these things. Whereas Strickland, I don't know what kind of person he is. He seems like a total knucklehead. But he's someone that I think I don't think he really doubts himself. I don't think he I think he believes in whatever it is he's gonna do, he's gonna do, he's gonna go out there and do it. 
just that knucklehead mentality. I'm going to go out there and just do this and this and see what happens, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to, I think Cannoneer is going to be a, a very tough fight for him. It's going to be a very tough fight for him. Cause if he keeps walking him forward and Cannoneer lands a big shot, Cannoneer is going to finish him, jump on top and finish him. But I mean, I'm, I agree with you though, John, it, this should favor Strickland. Just to be honest, it should Good. favor Strickland because the anti wrestling, the, uh, I think a little bit of the height in the is going to go to Strickland as well. The the maybe I wouldn't say the strength, but I think just some of the stand up and the technique. Cannonier is going to throw like more loopy shots. Strickland's going to throw the jabs, going to stay right in his face, touch and touch and touch, and try to land the clean shots that way. So that might be that might be his road to success. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our talk uh, for today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Go to wayneandpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. We've got a coffee mug, a couple of shirts, sweaters, hoodies. Winter is coming. I mean, fall is pretty much here already. I mean, I walk outside. There's leaves everywhere. So it's about <laughs> to start getting cold. Big John's already wearing a hoodie himself. So let's uh, go ahead and pick up one of our hoodies at wayneandpodcast.com. Uh, anything else there, uh, Big John? Nope. For everyone out there, man, hope you had a good time watching the fights like we did. Another week coming up. No UFC coming up in this next week. I'm we never going to forgive Bellator. you for you making me watch those first three fights, you fucker. <laughs> oh, you I was like, God. I got to screw with him. I got to do it. I'm sorry. It was it was cruel, I admit. But you know what? Now you can say that you watched the whole show. Misery Feel loves good company. about yourself. Misery loves company. <laughs> for everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. Be good to someone. Do something good for someone just because you can. It's going to make you a better person and make them feel good. And we will see you.